Recruitment's very reactive. Usually when somebody leaves, it's not a planned thing unless it's maternity leave or long service leave. So I'd really encourage companies to just take a minute and take a step back just to create a bit of a plan around how they're going to recruit a role. Is the job description up to date? Is the job going to actually stay the same or is there an opportunity to change things up? What type of person do we need and what are their skill sets? Who's going to make the final decision? Um, how quickly could we get this person on board? A little bit of forward planning can help reduce that time frame. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that delivers practical insights to help you unlock your brand story and supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we are passionate about the power of telling stories to help us learn and connect and also to build business relationships that drive sales. Edge Recruitment is South Australia's only specialist property and real estate recruitment agency. From identifying a gap in the market back in 1998, Jane Carey and her co-founder, Gary Beasley, have grown the business into a successful employer of two directors and seven members of staff. Jane's business success has come from hard work, a focus on building meaningful business relationships and by looking to value add where possible. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Jane and I discuss professional development in business, how to recruit smarter, not harder, and she reveals the top skill they look for in candidates. This is Jane's version of Be The Drop. To deliver you with even more value from this podcast episode, we have created a Facebook group called Brand Storytelling Superheroes. Join the group today by heading over to Facebook and access a range of our free resources to help you build success in your business. That group is called Brand Storytelling Superheroes. Look us up on Facebook and head over and join us today. Thank you so much, Jane, for joining me on the next episode of mm -hmm. Be The Drop. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be doing this. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about recruitment today mm -hmm. or some other things amongst your passion. Yeah. Um, but to start off with, you've got an item here. If you could explain that item mm -hmm. and give us a bit of context about how that connects you to your community and who they are. Yeah. So um, the item that I've brought along is a copy of a salary report that we produce for the real estate industry. And we produce different information across various sectors that we work in. But this is probably fairly close to my heart because uh, it's something that nobody else does in South Australia. And it's something that we started doing back in, I think about 2004. So it's direct information that we feed back to the industry that they can't get anywhere else. And um, I think we've become fairly highly regarded in the, the level of the, the uh, accuracy of the information that we provide. Yeah, so you have niched your recruitment business mm -hmm. and you fo focus on the property industry. Correct, yes. Yeah. So we work with about 50% of our clients are residential agents, so LJ Hookers and Harris's and those sorts of brand names in the South Australian market. And the other 50% are 
are core, what we call corporate property. A lot of our clients in that area, property is not necessarily their core business, but they have a lot of it. And that makes our job really interesting. Mm. And from a business perspective, what sort of reasons are there for going niche? You know, some people might think that's a bit of a risk because you're making mm-hmm. your market smaller. Yeah. From your perspective, you know, what was the decision around that? Yeah. We came from a property background originally, so it was a market that we knew well, but we were working in the industry and saw that there wasn't any recruiters that were specialising in property and really just saw an opportunity more than anything. But in recruiting, it's exceptionally competitive. It's such a competitive industry that you need to be either really niche and service your market very well or you need to be very, very big. And so how long have you been working? So this coming May, it will be 20 years. Wow. So obviously that strategy has been a really successful one Mm -hmm. for your business. Yeah. So there's other providers that do a really good job in other spaces. Um, We prefer just to stick to what we know and work that hard. Mm. When you first started, was there that, you know, was there a bit of a pushback because you weren't knowledgeable in the recruitment side of the business but mm. in the property? Was there a challenge in crossing over? How no, did you bridge that? Funnily enough, I think it's really just fake it till you make it. We knew that we had the contacts and um, my co-director certainly had a lot of management experience around recruiting staff and managing staff. I was only 22 at the time, so I was very green. To be honest, a lot of in that stage was about educating our clients because they hadn't used recruitment services before so they didn't have any preset expectations. We were educating them on how they could use a recruiter to benefit their business Mm. so they weren't necessarily analysing us as to how well we were doing it. Mm. So you're talking about going on an education process Mm -hmm. and obviously as a new company then you you know 20 years ago sorry if I could ask you to cast back then but you know How did you go about that process? What is the communication method you use to A, build awareness and build a business Mm -hmm. and market that to the industry? But then also, as you said, you had twofold. You had to educate them on this type of business and and build that. What has been your key communication strategies along that path? Um, Always uh, very personal and always working our networks really well. We were very excited to be able to use what was called fax stream back then, which is where you could send one fax to multiple numbers. <laughs> it seemed really high tech at the time. I love it. We marketed our candidates and we had a general newsletter. So then we would follow up any inquiries as well as speaking to clients. If we had a candidate come in who had a particular skill set and we knew that company over there really valued that skill set, we would reverse people, reverse market people back into them. So Mm. I think in South Australia, I find it needs to be really personal and really genuine. And we just really worked those relationships in a personal level on the phone, face to face as much as we could with people. Mm. So that very much becomes your story, you know, as you're building this business, Mm. you know, you're very much that, as you mentioned, it's the personal and it's trust building. Mm know how important in that building trust is your own story and you, you know your knowledge of the of the property market yeah you know is that something you used a lot yeah it was a big selling point because that was our point of difference um, there were a couple of other people who were tinkering at the edges of what we were doing but we could say we know what you need because we have literally done that job ourselves so we had an advantage over other people in being able to do that and we pushed that really, really hard. And then obviously how you've communicated that may have evolved. What are some Absolutely. of those key differences that you've noticed? Yeah, speed of communication is, and also expectation around 
when and how people can contact you and when they when they expect you to go back to them as well is so much faster than what it used to be. Even though everything's so digitalised, you can never ever get past the need to either pick up the phone or to actually get in front of somebody and see them face to face. And I think sometimes people forget that it, we're all still humans and we all still want that personal level of contact. Mm. And so aspects like this example that you've brought in, that the salary report mm-hmm. that you create, you know, that's obviously a piece of information that is incredibly valuable mm-hmm. to your customers. Yeah. But it's not a direct, you know, sales piece. No, so no, how important no. is it to add, you know, to your communications yeah. these additional layers of information? Huge. It's really huge because quite a lot of our businesses that we work with are SMEs and so they're paying us a reasonable fee for the work that we do so we have to value add constantly so whether it's in relation to salary reports whether it's ideas on how to manage their existing workforce or to source additional people uh, we give advice around the structure of departments Um, I do salary reviews across a whole of organisation and that's also a great point of difference for us as well I think. Mm. So how much is that you know telling your story adding in value added pieces of communication and information how important is that in driving sales is there a link how how does that link yeah having credibility we can demonstrate to them our knowledge of the market and knowledge of the people in the market so when they need someone they'll think of us because they know that we can find those people for them. You really need to build a whole narrative around the why and the how you do that. Mm. And so that that process of creating the narrative around mm. that, is that something that you're constantly evolving? You know, is it because you've got a niche market, mm-hmm. do you just have one narrative or mm. how do you manage that communication yeah. process? We invested in a marketing manager very early on because I just found twofold. One, I just didn't have the time to do it. And secondly, if we start to wander off and get distracted, which is really easily easy in marketing, I've learned, um, she can pull us back in and go, no, we need to, you know, this is the way that we need to style this. This is the way we need to communicate this message to our client. And so how many staff have you now got? Yeah, so we've got um, two directors and seven staff members. Mm. So how, you know, how important is it? And you mentioned then you've got to make sure that all your staff are across that. Mm-hmm. So I suppose then, you know, A, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And how important is that to your business? Yeah, every probably six to 12 months when we're reviewing our marketing strategy, we make sure that we involve our staff in the end result of that. So we say this is going to be the push for the next six months or this is a campaign that we're bringing in at the moment so that they're really aware of what we're doing. We were discussing Facebook algorithms this morning. Uh, We'll be really micro and say to them, please do this in your posts or please don't do that. So Mm. they're really up to speed on it. Yeah. So what channels are you finding are the most valuable for your business? Yeah. Depends on the sector. So our residential market side is quite Facebook driven and especially for candidate marketing, um, really strong on Facebook. For our corporate clients and our corporate candidates, LinkedIn is the stronger way. Uh, And we also use industry publications. We work really closely with some of the industry bodies in our niche and we have um, communications packages in place where we can access their publications as well to be able to leverage off. Mm. And I suppose within such a a niche market, those industry publications can be quite powerful. The people that subscribe to them are people who are in the industry. And we also get feedback from those 
organisations about who are on their lists. Um, you know, they're great at giving us an overall sort of global, not names, but a global look at what types of organisations or employees are on there. Um, and so, yeah, we provide content to those as well. Mm. Now, you mentioned that as part of your value add services, you also provide advice, you know, to organisations around management and, and managing staff. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if you might share with us some, you know, a couple of tips on, you know, staff recruitment management. Yeah. Um, I mean, that might be such a broad yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, just for, for listeners who, you know, that might be something that they're looking to, is yeah. there any sort of key advice that you might offer? Recruitment's very reactive. Usually when somebody leaves, not always, but usually when they leave, it's not a planned thing unless it's maternity leave or long service leave or things like that. So I'd really encourage companies to just take a minute and take a step back before they engage a recruiter or before they put an ad up on seek just to create a bit of a plan around how they're going to recruit a role. And that might take 15 or 20 minutes on the back of a piece of paper. Mm. But um, you know, who is the job description up to date? Is the job gonna actually stay the same or is there an opportunity to change things up what type of person do we need and what are their skill sets? Who's going to be involved in the process? Who's actually going to run the process? Who's going to make the final decision? Um, how quickly could we get this person on board or can we take a little bit of time? A little bit of forward planning can help reduce that time frame. Mm, great. What, one of the things I'm quite often interested in is as an employer, how important do you think the skill set is versus the personality and character of, yeah. you know, of a person and, and how do you weigh that? Yeah, having somebody who's got initiative, who's got the ability to learn, who's got the willingness, um, they are so much more important than a skill set. And mm. if you've got someone who's been able to demonstrate their adaptability in past roles, we employ over that every single time. So we actually train all of our staff into their roles because we look for particular type of attributes and skills, not necessarily experience. Mm. Um, you know, it can't be avoided in some jobs and especially in small organisations, you often are really restricted to have to replace like with like because you can't, there's no one there to train the next person. But certainly in my experience, we will always train over personality, skills, abilities, rather than experience. Mm. And for candidates, you know, who are looking to secure the next job or, you know, in that searching, yeah. what what do you think is, you know, some top advice around putting, communicating their themselves mm-hmm. in the best possible light? Vehicles like Seek have actually made job seekers quite lazy. Um, and it's understandable because it's really easy to sit on the bus on the way into work and apply for a job and use the same resume that you've used for the last 10 jobs. That's fine if you're in an area where your experience and skills are in high demand because you will secure something. But if you're in an area where it's fairly competitive with other candidates, you need to work a lot harder to stand out. Mm. So I think candidates need to work harder in terms of researching organisations before they apply or contacting recruiters about vacancies, we always encourage people to ring us before they apply for roles. Along the way in building your business, Mm -hmm. what has been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced? As is a really stressful industry to work in, recruitment is very fast paced 
based, you're dealing with very emotive people at times mm. and clients who are under lots of pressure to get roles filled. So I'm in awe of our consultants and the great job they do and the resilience that they have. Um, so I think managing um, staff in such a, uh, a fast-paced environment is probably one of our biggest challenges. Mm. Um, dealing with changes to the economy. So um, going through 2008 with the GFC had a dramatic impact on our business mm. and really um, we were very lucky to come out of that. Like, businesses around the world obviously mm. and the economic climate in South Australia is challenging um, but you just have to adapt to that so I've just got a saying that we just got to pedal harder to get the same result mm. so I think when you've been in business for a long time as well it's about keeping your own enthusiasm levels up working on your own professional development so you personally stay challenged I've mm. found that's really important as well mm. because you can't do business now the way that we did it five years or 10 years ago. Mm. Um, marketing's a big chunk of that in terms of how much it's progressed. So I think it's just about continually applying yourself. It doesn't get easier, but um, you've just got to keep yourself challenged and mm. keep working towards your end goal. Mm. And so for you, what have been your key areas of professional development? Yeah, so I've, um, I've got a HR degree. So I went back and studied as a, well, I was a mature age student, but I was actually 19. So mm. <laughs> I was still quite young by, by my comparisons now. Um, I've also invested in my own professional development and I think that's really important. So mm. I've been involved in tech, which is the executive connection, which is for business owners and CEOs. And that was great to get exposure to business owners in other industries. Mm. Um, at the moment, I'm involved in a group called Behind Closed Doors, which is around um, networking with other women in business. And on top of that, I attend lots of different events and lots of training where I can to keep up to speed with what's happening mm. in our industry, but in marketing, in all sorts of different areas of business that we need to stay on top of. And is that something that you're seeing? Do people understand that? You know, is that advice that you give to candidates? Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily changed too much. I think maybe it's changed at a management level a little bit more. I see um, business owners investing probably more than, than they used to in some ways. It's not necessarily an expense, it's something that's going to help me in my business life and in my own professional development. So I definitely encourage people because I think one of the worst things you can do um, as an employee is go along to an interview and say, oh, if I need to know zero, once I get on board, I'll do a course and I'll learn it. Don't wait for the mm. interview, go and do the zero course. If you're doing your research and consistently, if you're in a bookkeeping role, businesses are using zero, go to the WEA, go to TAFE, do an online course. There's so many options. Mm. Get it done, put yourself ahead of the pack and mm. say, I've just finished this awesome course and these are all the things I've learned. So mm. don't be one of the people that's going to do the certificate, going to do the course, going to get their license be the person who's already got it. Yeah, so it's a really proactive approach. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because you're competing with other people who want that job and the people who've already got those qualifications will be one step ahead of you. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me. In conclusion though, can you share with me Jane's Be The Drop tip? Now that is your top tip for communication that connects. Yeah, there's so many ways to communicate. You can't be scattergun at everything. Mm. So choose a particular way or a particular medium that you wanna use and just nail that and do that really, really well. Fantastic, great advice. Thanks so Thanks much, Jane. Thanks, Amelia.
Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.